Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Episode 238, What Diet Culture is Costing You. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today we are talking about diet culture and its cost on our overall finances. And I think we can relate so much of what we say about budgeting can make more sense when I and I've heard this someone was like, oh, when you related the budgeting back to like yo-yo diets and stuff, it made so much sense. And that what that got me thinking, what is what are these yo-yo diets costing us? We are they are so ingrained in our heads. What is the actual cost? And so that's what we're looking at today the sh- in the short term and long term. It's quite striking and <laughs> I think important to look at. I think our various generations approach dieting in some different ways. It's all repackaged differently, but make no mistake, there's diet culture is alive and well. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether or not you realize how deep into diet culture we really are. And relating this back to, like you're saying, Jen, how this can impact our mindset around finances, but also just what this aspect of our lifestyle can cost us. So there's a lot of different angles we're looking at this with. Excited to get into it. But first, our sponsor today is Normal Days. All the ho hum typical days are sponsoring this one, reminding us that it's the average rhythm that builds a life. Feel boring? Yeah, that's part of it. Lacking spice? What's wrong with bland? Welp, if you want some crazy, above average, filled with activity and satisfying details, then start leveraging those normal days and throw some extra money into a high-yield savings account. We are really liking CIT Bank for their current high-yield savings account, offering 1.9% APY. It's going up, folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to www.frugalfriendspodcast.com slash CIT to open your high-yield savings account. Thanks, normal days. It is what the rest of life is built upon. Yes, love those normal days. All right, so diet culture. This one hits 
very close to home for me because I grew up in a house where we were always be like we were always giving into the lie that we needed to lose weight all the time for whatever reason. And nobody in my house was like obese, but still because of just growing up in the 90s, early 2000s, my parents like in the 70s and the 80s, like thin was healthy. And so like we have these mindsets about health and wellness that have been ingrained in our heads for decades and enforced by our parents and our insecurities. And so much of it transfers into budgeting. So I really am excited to look into this because even with the rise in body positivity, which is amazing, like I'm I'm so glad that the next generation is growing up with this. The diet industry is still a $72 billion and growing industry. It is still growing. And that's the that's the weight loss specific part of it. And so while the trend to body positivity is great, like we really need to identify and reprogram our mindsets around health and wellness so that we can opt out of the unnecessary part that just preys on our ever-present insecurities and prioritize the life-giving parts of actual wellness that are worth spending money on. Mm. Yeah, there's I think at the end of the day, it's going to be no shock to people that we land in the radical middle on this. But the extremes go so far in so many directions. Like I wouldn't even say that it's a linear spectrum. It's almost this cube spectrum of where people can fall in the midst of this. And that's fine. We're, we're all on a journey and hopefully finding the things that are going to point us as individuals towards well-being and and an acceptance and and a care and value for ourselves as we care and value others around us. I think the thing that I see in our generation and maybe the younger generation it's it's not as much the counting calories get super thin which is fantastic but it's not as if oh now we've landed on the exact right thing there's also mm-hmm. this whole how healthy can you get and be and there's still some shame wrapped up in that too like if you're not doing the latest Whatever it is that helps you identify health, uh, whether it's, oh, you're, you're doing smoothies instead of juice or you're. Yeah. I definitely think it's a, the goal is to combat the extremism of anything because that's what gets you spending more money. So like whenever anyone's, anyone's like, how do I eat healthy on a budget? I kind of laugh because. It is not expensive to eat healthy, but it is expensive to be on a diet, to follow a, to follow the food on a diet plan for sure. And so it, when we reject the extremism of diet culture and we can find our own radical middle, our own balance, then we can not just, I mean, not just save money, but just overall feel like a lot better about ourselves and about people. Mm-hmm. And we can focus that energy that we focus on. And I'm when I say we or you, like I am directly talking to me. Like I should <laughs> probably have a mirror 
in for I could I could just look at myself in the in the Zoom screen uh, and say like if you spend as much energy like thinking about other things as you do about like walking by the mirror and twice a day one time saying like oh wow I look great and the other time saying like dang if I could just like get that last 10 15 pounds of baby weight off then it would be perfect um and even before I had Kai and I was still saying oh if I could just get like 10 more pounds off like if you spent as much energy building your income, study like learning how to invest and all that as as you did on worrying about being the perfect size, then you could get so you could reach financial freedom probably a year or two faster. Mm-hmm. I won't say it's like decades, but <laughs> a year or two. Yeah. Yeah. Just well-being in in a version of kindness to ourselves rather than shame and, yeah, putting ourselves down constantly. Of course, there are so many caveats to be mentioning and and we're going we're not going to get them all. And so here we are. We're talking to ourselves and and anticipating that the general population is listening to us. So of course, there's a ton of ways that the term diet can be used. We are using it in primarily in reference to a choice that we make for like the main goal of losing weight. Of course, there's a way to use the term diet that talks about just the type of food that you need to eat because you know it's best for your body. Like we're not discounting if you need to be gluten-free, dairy-free, whatever-free because of an actual medical concern or you just know yourself at this point in adulthood that that's not the best thing for you. That's not what we're talking about here. And of course, where there are even greater levels of concern where we know that body dysmorphia and food difficulties and eating disorders are a very real reality for a good portion of the population. And we are also not talking to those more acute needs and concerns. That's more where the mental health clinician, therapist, counselor, support system community is going to be helpful. We're talking general diet fads and what it's costing the general population. So there's my caveat as much as I can make it. Uh, I know that I'm missing something in there. So please have grace on us in this conversation about food because it's very layered. Yeah. And uh, we are not nutritionists. We are not personal trainers. So we're not, this isn't a alternative. This isn't a health episode. This is how can we rewire some of the mindsets that might be unhealthy and be affecting us financially and which will naturally bleed over into some other things. But we are focusing on the financial aspect. So this first article um, that we've got is called Do or Diet. It's from Money Guru, and it's um, the true cost of diet culture. And this is Money Guru is a um, a UK site. So everything's in euros. But after some research, I saw that the numbers that they're using are almost identical um, if you just switch out that little euro sign for a dollar sign. So yeah, what did you think about this one, Jill? This was really shocking. And I loved how it began because it does feel so congruent with what I see on social media. I mean, I blow right past Mm -hmm. ads 
ads. I actually did a little bit of a research project yesterday where I'm like, what are the ads that they're trying to target me with? Because I can't honestly remember any of the ads, which is a problem, but also I never purchase anything. So it's obviously not working. But I have seen this where they're like, this new and effective way to get the body that you want. This is the absolute last method that you're ever going to engage in because we promise long-term results. And if you're doing this, it's wrong. And if you're doing this, it's wrong. Like all these like tried and true methods that you've heard Mm -hmm. for decades, all of a sudden someone's like, that's out the window. And you're going to discover that the problem is really you. And it's just like, oh my gosh, this is the messaging. Like they nailed it. And for that reason, it it can draw us into whatever it is that the person is promising us, whether it's a product or a method or a gym membership or whatever, just a lifestyle that we want to engage in and how over the years this this can cost money. And I appreciate how they pointed out not just the cost of joining something like a Weight Watchers, but what it can also cost us in the rest of our lifestyle and long-term term effects related to whether or not it was actually good for us. Like they talk about there being a reality to some of these fads not actually being good for all parts of us and leading to various medical issues that can also cost money. So there's almost this element of we may never know the true cost of this yo-yo, this pendulum swinging, this chasing after like the next thing, but at least at the lowest level, even if we're just, okay, buying this product, buying that method, buying that membership, there's a cost to that long term. Mm -hmm. That's massive. Yeah. So in this one, and I did, I did verify some of this, like just to compare to the US. So, so first, um, he looks at these actual like, like memberships. So he uses Weight Watchers and Slimming World. So I didn't look at Slimming World because that's not in the US, but Weight Watchers is. Uh, And so if you're doing face-to-face meetings, you're going to spend about $228 for a six-month like membership and $131 if you're doing just digital. And so they, they worked that out. Plus, if you're getting a gym membership every month, um, which is about average of $40 a month in the UK. For the US, it's about $37. So close enough. And they said if the average person works from 18 to 60, so we're looking at the average working life, then if you're doing every month a gym membership and Weight Watchers, which doesn't include the food, then you could be spending over $30,000 on this stuff over your working life, which is crazy. And and typically, I nobody's going to be in Weight Watchers from 18 to 60. But <laughs> this doesn't count um, like cookbooks or like food and magazines. So like if you did something like Jenny Craig, then then you're buying food from that place. Or they even say weekly raffle tickets. I don't know what that means. But like there are extras. And so no, you're probably not going to be part of this for decades at a time, but take a few, like, take some years off and then add the extras that you would also pay on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. And it's not crazy to think 
that this is about the number that somebody could be spending. Right. Yeah. In a variety of things. I know we're using Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig as examples. And I recognize that that may not be the case for for those in like the millennial or the Gen Z populations. Those maybe aren't the, the brands that they're oh, going for. They are. Jill, I now since doing this research... I have gotten so many Instagram ads from not Weight Watchers, but it's Instagram influencers and they're promoting Weight Watchers. So Weight Watchers is putting money behind it and they've like rebranded to like WW Mm -hmm. and and there are people like it is still common. Like it is not just our mother's. Right. Well, I'm not, I'm not, and maybe it is that exact brand, but I'm also saying there's other options out there too Mm -hmm. for this type of engagement in diet culture. And the research is showing that more than half the population would consider themselves to be on a diet for some of those reasons, like, you know, losing weight and wanting to look a certain way is like the primary reason in that regard again not just using the diet in like the oh i'm cutting out sugar kind of way and again yeah i think we can got get caught up in the trap of well if i'm not on one of those other big brands then this doesn't apply to me but yeah if you're like doing the juicing thing or you purchase something to do a 30 day cleanse and you're buying the books and you're like that's part of what we're mm-hmm. talking about here and i i'm again i'm down with the journey for understanding what your body needs and health, but also keeping a pulse on how far does it go and how much money are we actually putting into this? And does it work? Because this article is also talking about how long term these things don't actually give us the results that we want, which is mind boggling. And some of that has to do with what the article is also pointing out that our weight does not equate to how healthy we are. Just the measurement of BMI doesn't actually dictate whether or not in, in many cases we are quote unquote healthy. And and again, that's part of the societal messaging of here's what the body needs to look like. And we real, we're coming to realize, thankfully, that there's so many different body types that can be healthy and look different. And so for that reason, we need to be able to engage in a lifestyle that works for us because it's not a one size fits all. Yeah. And they're saying uh, so the some of the negative effects from these fad diets like so I I will I will start with this and say, like, I've been listening to this podcast called Fed Up about this woman who has a fad diet, uh, which is like all fiber and how people are wrecking their digestive systems because they are are intaking too much fiber. Yikes. And that's gonna have long-term negative effects. And so the typically these fad diets will just latch onto one really healthy nutrient, whether it's protein or fats or fiber, and really emphasize that as the cure-all. This is what you've been looking for. This is what's gonna help you lose weight. And yes, it will because you're cutting out foods that have typically carbs, uh, so, but 
Yeah, but they will inherently have long-term like effects if you do it long-term. Thankfully, like not a lot of people stick with these things long-term. But if you go hard and heavy or you know do it for a long time, it can have negative effects. And so some of the negative effects that they're saying that these diets have is it can weaken your immune system. Um, it can cause dehydration, especially with the, that's the one that got me thinking with the fiber one, because if you're just excreting everything all the time, <laughs> you are going to, it doesn't matter how much water you're drinking, you are going to get dehydrated. It can damage hair and skin. It can disturb your bowel habits. Um, and it can make you grumpy and irritable. That should probably be number one. Number one reason not to do that. Number a fat one diet. reason. I am always grumpy and irritable mm-hmm. if I don't get carbs. Uh, so that's, man, I wish they just had a carb, carb lifestyle. Yeah. I wish they had a carb lifestyle magazine. That would be. <laughs> and, I think what what's being highlighted here is just some red flags, like some watermarks of fads that would indicate it's a fad and maybe not for me if it is just focused on one thing. Like we found the magic trick and it's fiber. We found the magic trick and it's protein. We found the magic trick and it's magnesium. Like whatever it is. It's probably not just one thing because our bodies and our lifestyles need more than just one thing. So there you go. Red flag number one. Number two is if it requires a lot of willpower. I know when it comes to dieting and exercise, a lot of times willpower gets thrown around like this morality term, like, oh, I didn't have the willpower. You need to have the willpower to do this. And this very pull yourself up by the bootstraps. And in reality, willpower can only go so long. Willpower is something that, yes, we can harness, but for a very short period of time. There's not much long Longevity to it. And it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with us if we can't stick to something really extreme for a really long time. So if it's requiring that, there you go. There's another red flag that, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe there's a way that I can care for myself and value myself that doesn't require extremes. Yeah. I will leave. I have one last thing that I wanted to highlight from this episode and it doesn't it doesn't cover the long-term medical effects on like the costs of these long-term effects because it could be different for everyone but i love that it's it's mostly focused on like kind of the immediate costs and so this one says almost half of all new gym members stop going to the gym after 6 months wasting about $240 a year. Um, and it says that of 100% of gym members, 29% are actively going. 27% are going like four times a month. So they have low usage. And then 44% drop out completely. And so annual they've it's been proven annual plans won't motivate you to go to the gym. So this is one of those if you if you do want to start a gym membership, which is great, like we fully support, I fully support gym memberships. I go to CrossFit. I pay much more than $40 a month for CrossFit. Um, but I love it. I use it. I go four times a week. Don't choose an annual plan unless you have proven that you will go for six months or more. Pay more for the monthly plan 
and prove to yourself, okay, yes, I will go. I will continue. This is something I love and enjoy and want to do. Then sign up for the annual plan. Uh, Because, and this is honestly with a lot of things that have annual plans. It is worth the money to pay extra per month to do the monthly plan so you can figure out if you like it and you'll stick to it. Um, Because most of the time you don't get that unused money back. So, yeah. Gym memberships, too, can be the hardest thing to cancel because if you're realizing I'm not utilizing it, to cancel it means to almost relinquish the Mm -hmm. fantasy of self that someday I'll get into it. So, yeah, starting off small is helpful, making sure that you're going to go and utilize it. But then also giving yourself grace if you're realizing, you know what, this this isn't the style or method that's working for me. It's not a failure. I've just learned more about myself and I am going to cancel regardless of like whatever meaning I may attach to that. If If I'm not going, then it is wasted money. Yeah. So I think this article really emphasizes that the diet portion Yeah, it can be expensive if you're doing like a diet. If you're just trying to, you know, eat, then you can get like an unprocessed food for a similar price as a a processed food. And like, especially if you're looking at frozen and stuff like that, does take a smidge more work. I understand that. But there are ways to eat healthy for not a lot of money, but not if you're following like a very specific rigid diet. If the definition of healthy eating to you is um, no carbs or no this or no that, and you have to get specialty stuff, uh, that is going to be more expensive. Mm. Now, I will say a caveat to that are meats. Obviously, if you choose to go, you know, the organic free range, that sort of thing, then that is quite more expensive. But even if you're choosing to do organic produce and doing just the dirty dozen, then it still can be affordable, Mm -hmm. especially if you're choosing more like vegetarian. But chances are, if you are someone who is operating under a more strict diet, cutting out certain things, prioritizing, you know, organic grass-fed meats, then it's probably a high value. And Mm -hmm. values-based spending, there is room and permission for that. Depending on what your income looks like, it might mean cutting other things. But if it's something you want to afford, then we can look to find ways to be able to do that. Yeah, that's such a great point because if you're, if you highly value that really um, high quality meat and produce, and you're asking, how do I save money on groceries? I only want to get like free range, grass fed, organic, wagyu. Like that's not where you should be asking because you've already decided what you want. You've already decided what you value. And the question is, how do I cut other things out that I care less about? to afford more of what I want in this area. So you just, I mean, there's a place for everyone to eat healthy. And and eating healthy isn't one type of grocery list. It can look, there can be hundreds of different grocery lists and they can all be healthy. And I think that's what we really want to get through. That's the radical middle of, of health when it comes to 
to being healthy with food and then also getting active. You can there is a an array of things oh, yeah, to move your body. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, there is. <laughs> there is not one type of workout that is better than another or that will, you know, solve all your problems where another oh, I see I see all the time like these these YouTube ads scream at me like cardio stop doing cardio to lose weight. And I was like, well, <laughs> what is with that push right I, now? <laughs> right? I'm like, okay. Um I I get their marketing. I understand yeah. where they're basing it off of but i was like that's not the whole picture but of course you're not going to say the whole picture because you want to be like revolutionary and extreme so yeah like it's about what you're going to do and extremes sell so even i mean Mm -hmm. i know we mentioned a couple of episodes to go back to but even also look going back into our archives to the marketing episodes recognizing that we are being marketed to people aren't Mm -hmm. necessarily just looking out for our best interests and what's going to be most healthy for our bodies like they are trying to sell something extreme sometimes not caring about how much it's going to mess with our bowel movements but what's going to make the most money because it's just an ad they're they're just they're selling a product they know they can prey on insecurities and they're doing it and and that's why we spend money every year at an increased rate like the weight loss industry is a growing industry and now some subsets of that have decreased like boutique weight loss like centers, you know, those are getting less popular, but it's just the rise of like internet, like online courses for different fad diets are increasing. So you're just seeing like different, um, the money's just going to different places. So let's just get off of the bandwagon. Mm. Let's just leave. Just hop off. Let's leave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there are, but, but when you say just leave, it's like, where do you go? Like where, how, Mm. what do you do? Because we've got decades of programming to say thin is healthy um, or extreme diets are healthy. My favorite part about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity when I'm like, wow, I can finally think clearly. How was I functioning in that mess before? It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. If this sounds like the type of spring cleaning your finances need right now, then it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Plus, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash frugal. That's mintmobile.com slash frugal. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash frugal. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. 
I don't love creating my spending plan each month, and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features, but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. So this is just like one option that we're going to like throw out here. Um, And this is an article from Healthline and it's called A Quick Guide to Intuitive Eating. Um, And people call intuitive eating the anti-diet. And I think, I, I mean, I thought because we're very on board with intuitive spending, kind of like values-based spending and intuitive spending, that this might be a good thing to go through to start to at least start to get in I don't know, not in control, but just like mindful Mm -hmm. about what you're eating and how you're eating. Because for so many years of counting calories, counting macros, we've been relying on other people to tell us what to eat and how to eat, that we have not developed the skills needed to identify hunger, to identify fullness, um, to identify foods that make us feel good and ones that don't. Like, I think, you know, yes, this is one method, but I feel so much like this isn't just another fad. Of course, put whatever word you want on it. But to me, this strikes me as back to the basics. If we were to throw off all the trappings of societal messaging and marketing and extremes and what we as women feel we need to be looking like, acting like, sounding like, then then this is it. What does healthy relationship with our behaviors and the things that we engage in and how we nourish our body look like? How do we pay attention to ourselves and our needs as we move through the world? So this doesn't, this isn't like, oh, here's the next new thing. This is just how have we done it in the past? Like what, how do we eat again? Like how do we get back to the basics of just like not making this super complicated? That's how this article is striking me. Yeah. It's like, how do I find what's right for me? Because I don't know what's right for me because I've been listening to other people tell me what's right for me, which sounds like the same thing that we say about spending. Even this first part where it's like, first, you need to distinguish between physical and emotional hunger. So the biological urge uh, telling you you need to replenish nutrients versus hunger driven by emotional needs. And the same thing. It's like we need to figure out like needs and true values versus emotional Mm -hmm. spending. 
And listen, just like spending, just like money, just like budgeting, this is calling us to the deeper messaging, the deeper ideas mentality that it's not just about the behaviors. It's not just about what exercise regimen you engage in, what food you eat, but your association with those things, the relationship that you have with yourself and with your ideas about food, with your ideas about body movement. And so this idea of intuitive eating, it's promoting a healthy attitude towards food, towards body image. It's getting at some of those deeper things. And for some of us, maybe relearning how to trust ourselves, how to be in tune with with our body, with how the various stimuli around us, again, whether exercise or food or otherwise, is impacting us and how then we want to respond and engage with that thing. But it's it's before the behavior learning these things. And so they go through 10 key principles, which I think are fantastic. I think it's worth us going through all 10. Yeah, they're very short. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's not paragraphs attached to it. And so the first one is this need to reject a diet mentality, that that extremist thinking that we've been talking about, that it's not necessarily a diet that's going to work for us. And diets don't have long-term sustainability. Maybe it's like a quick fix, but we want a mentality that is for a lifetime, sustainable, rhythmic. So that's, we talk a lot about mindset. That's going to be part of that, that we're not on a diet. We are just engaging in in our life and the world around us. Yeah. Part, I mean, it sounds like I don't know. Honestly, part of me doesn't want to give up the diet mentality because I feel like I can be part of the 5% that can succeed. Like 100% of people feel like they can be part of the 5% that actually like succeeds with a diet, which is so funny. And that statistic made me laugh because that's me. Uh, and But it is in order to have like to be fully okay with your body that you have to give up the diet mentality. Like they they don't, they cannot coexist. Yeah, because I hear you in that, Jen, but then is it for the diet or is it for you? I think sometimes we have to look at how much of this do I want to do this just for achievement or to say that I did this or to, or is it actually to aim at health and well-being? It's not to aim at health and well-being, yeah. for sure. <laughs> Absolutely not. I can tell you that. Yeah. So that's just starting off with the first one is going to be very hard. Um, Two is to honor your hunger. Hunger is not your enemy. Mm. So respond to your early signs of hunger by feeding your body. Um, If you let yourself get excessively hungry, then you are likely to overeat. Mm. Yes. And this is this comes with preparation. Same with how we approach impulse spending, having some of those foods prepared already mm-hmm. that you know you're going to enjoy, that you feel good about eating and, and eat when you're hungry. Yeah. And it'll it can also help you like save you from takeout because if you eat when you're hungry, then you don't let it bottle up all day so that you just like get so hungry you you want to get takeout instead of eat the food you have at home. 
The third one is make peace with food. I love how they just say, call a truce in the war war with food. Um, getting rid of ideas about what you should or shouldn't eat. I, again, oh gosh, there's so many correlations and parallels to money, like thinking money is good or bad or debt is good or bad. It's neutral. How do you want to engage with it? Food is neutral. How do you want to engage with it? I loved this uh, Instagram post that I read, and it's from, I think it was from Kids Eat in Color, but it's one of the toddler like eating uh, profiles. And it was like how to explain foods to your kids. And it's it's like a series. And I think this one was for like cupcakes or something or, or dessert. Um, and it's like the foods are neutral, but some foods give us more energy and and longer energy than others. Cupcakes give us energy for a short amount of time, but we also need to eat foods that give us energy for a longer amount of time. So all the foods are neutral. It's just let's let's make sure we're getting enough energy. We're getting enough of the right energy. Yes, I love that. Not labeling food as good or bad. Mm -hmm. That's like not the best version of messaging for ourselves yeah. or our children. Yeah. Uh, four is to challenge the food police. F again, yeah, food is not good or bad and you are not, you are not good <sighs> or bad for what you eat or don't eat. Yes. Because you are the food police. You are the food police in your head and you are not good or bad for what you eat or don't eat. So challenge the thoughts that tell you otherwise. <laughs> this is, I feel like this, you're speaking directly to me, particularly how I <laughs> might police my loved ones. <laughs> Sorry, Eric, mostly my husband. <laughs> he does want to eat so many French fries, though, and I support that. But you know, like anything in excess is excessive. But right, you know what? I'm going to pull buying back. Too can, much of it. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, too much of anything is no, no longer a, a special thing. Watch all find out that like, according to his body composition, like he needed so many potatoes and salt. Like it's what he actually I needed. I mean, look at him. He is tall and thin. And I, I assure you, he probably needs more French fries than you think he does. <laughs> all right. All right. There's one for you. Yeah. There you go, Eric. <laughs> I'll, I'll stop being your food police. Number five is respect your fullness. And this is going to come back to a more mindful approach and connection with our whole selves and our, our personhood and learning to trust our body. I know some of that might sound like a little out there. But I think we we are connected. These things don't exist in a vacuum. And so learning what it feels like to be full, slowing down, enjoying the food that we're choosing to put into our bodies, and then noticing, okay, I think that's enough. That's going to be helpful versus blowing past all of those natural boundaries and warning signs. Again, so many correlations to other parts of life. We just aren't paying attention and we blow past ourselves and end up potentially hurting ourselves. So slow down, be mindful, pay attention and honor your fullness. Yeah, you do this so well. Travis and I do not. And Travis especially, he will... So everyone was taught like clean your plate 
Like everyone had to finish everything on their plate growing up. And he lives by that now. He can't just finish his plate. He may, he has to make sure all the plates are clean. And like, I know there have been times where I have made enough for us to eat meals and then have leftovers for each of us the next day. And I'll go to package it up and there's only one meal worth of leftovers. And that's like, I mean, that means one of us has is buying lunch the next day. So it's like a financial thing too. Like when you are in tune with your fullness and you can identify I'm full, I don't have to finish what's on my plate. I can package it up and eat it tomorrow. That's like another way to Mm -hmm. save money and obviously eat until full but I know so I, more often, like nine times out of 10, the problem isn't not eating enough. It's eating too much. Well, that's the thing that I'm, yeah, I think it's tied into number six too, the satisfaction factor. I don't even know if it's eating to fullness. I think it's eating to satisfaction. Like I don't eat until I wait until I feel stuffed. Like I eat what I believe is a reasonable amount of food for me. And and I I don't keep going until it's like oh yeah like roll me out of here, and and I think that's a mentality thing too that I mean I've I've developed over years but I think it's connected to this concept of like learning what what we need what's enough golly we got to learn that with our money what's mm-hmm. enough and be satisfied in in those things learn degrees of contentment while learning yourself but yeah and and we're not going to know that that we're full or we're satisfied until we've given ourselves time to like sit with it versus like shoveling shoveling food in yeah but that so the dis, the satisfaction factor too i want to talk a little bit about that not just eating until like yeah, fullness and just what's satisfying, but also engaging in an enjoyable experience with food, like making sure that what we're eating, we can enjoy. And even if it's just veggies, there are some fantastic ways to make veggies taste really good. One of the things that's also helped me in this satisfaction factor is if I'm craving something, honoring that craving, recognizing like I can have that thing, even if it's labeled by society as bad or not good for you or something to avoid, I can have it, but have it just for the purpose of the satisfying flavor, not that I need to have the whole thing. So a lot of times this is like dessert for me that I, I personally don't have like a big sweet tooth, but like catch me with some bread and butter. And that's going to be where I struggle. But sometimes I'll want something, but it doesn't mean that like I need a whole big handful of cake. I just want a bite of it. It doesn't mean I need a whole chocolate bar. I just want a bite of it. And I'm not saying that that's going to work for everybody, but that's how the satisfaction factor has looked for me is just a little taste of the thing that I want and being satisfied with that while also eating all the other nutrients that I need. I'm not saying that I'm starving myself. Yeah. And paying attention to how you feel after you eat and when you wake up in the morning. Like, I think a, a big problem... And I don't want to throw Travis under the bus, but he he has I mean, he eats a lot of unhealthy food that doesn't make him feel great, makes him feel tired, but he doesn't want to admit that 
that that's why he's tired and that's why he's phlegmy and and stuff. So he has like total capability of changing and stopping food and he will eat healthy like when I cook for him, but it's it's all the other. It's when he's out in the wild. <laughs> you mean work? <laughs> yeah. Wild. So like, it, it, I mean, also pay attention to how the body feels mm-hmm. after eating something, because if you feel yucky, that's not satisfying. And I think that's what's going to move us more in the direction of healthier food, especially for somebody with a, um, I think, mindfulness and intention about that um, observation is what can steer us in the direction of foods that have longer lasting energy sources. So seven is to also honor your feelings without using food. This one will save you money too. Uh, when you use free ways to honor your feelings. So whether it's like a negative feeling or a positive feeling. So taking a walk, meditating, journaling, calling a friend versus eating. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then you can also become more like become aware of the times when a feeling that you might call hunger is actually emotion based. So mm. this helps with that too. And it's just identifying so that we don't because out of emotion, we're never going for the foods with more energy. We're always going for the short energy foods. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a really good one. Yeah. We can spend, we can eat unnecessarily. There's so many things we can do when we're sad, but finding the coping strategies that are going to work and then respecting our body rather than criticizing ourselves for how we look or perceiving it as wrong. This is a mentality shift of gratitude for what is your body capable of? What are the parts that you like about how you're formed and the uniquenesses of who you are. And as we can be grateful for our abilities and respect ourselves, then we are likely to move into better relationships with food and be and body movement behaviors and all that kind of a thing. But again, it's going to start with our minds and the story and the narrative that we're telling ourselves. Uh, there was a recent podcast where I, I the book where we talked about books book club and I was talking about children's books so I remembered another one that I almost mentioned on that podcast but here you go here's another children's book that I love that breaks down this concept it's called I like me by Nancy Carlson I was just Aww. at my mom's house recently going through like old childhood books and this was one of my favorites as a kid and she read it to me often and maybe it's a part of why like a small part there's probably a lot of layers. Like I do feel like I've got a good relationship with with food and myself. And like, thank you, mom, for reading books like this to me as a young kid. It's like this little piglet who is just like she likes herself. And it's all the things that she lists off that she likes about herself. Of course, you know, we could go to extremes with that of like, oh man, you're thinking so highly of yourself. But I don't know. I think it just promotes such a positive outlook and a, and a tempered approach. So there you go. If you want a message for yourself or for your kids, <laughs> it's a really cute little book. I agree. It's much better than my dad like every month saying, we all need to get on a diet. That was what I grew up with during childhood. Mm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come over. I'm going to read you that book, Jen. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, respecting your body can also save you money on clothes because I know we're all holding on to clothes that we want to fit into that we used to. We're all holding on to this like, you know, former self, or I don't know, or buying goal pants, which is something I did as a teen. Like I would buy something that was a little too tight and be like, oh, I'll I'll work and I'll fit into them. And I never did because I was a growing human. Um, so this and and just buying things that look good in other people, but and you want them to look good on you because you want to look like other people, but your body isn't like theirs. So respect your body and dress it how you feel good about, not what society is telling you to look like or what, mm -hmm. you know, you have an idea of, of how you should dress and look like. Yeah. Ninth is to exercise, move your body. This is like very, very important. And not to move your body for the sake of burning calories, but to move it because of all, because you want to move it in a way that you want to, whether it's, you know, whether it's the the running that's going to, you know, burn a bunch of calories or maybe just some light yoga, like mm -hmm. consistency is key. So move your body in a way that you enjoy and that you will stick with sustainably. So it may that the season you are in life may determine how you're moving your body. Yeah. Um, but just just do something that you like and can actually fit into your schedule. With my counseling clients, I call I ca I've called exercise body movement at this point. I think we have such a poor association with the term exercise when really it's learning ways to move our body that we enjoy. There will be no sustainability in it unless we enjoy it. So if you like playing soccer or playing tennis or swimming, or if you like running, great. If you like the quick spurts, like hit, whatever it is, biking, walking, find something that you enjoy and move your body and call it that if that helps. Get get rid of the vernacular if it's becoming a hindrance. And then finally, number 10, honor your health. And I love this term, gentle nutrition. This speaks such kindness. Finding the foods that taste good to you, make you feel good. Recognizing that one meal, one snack isn't going to make or break your overall health. Just be kind to yourself. And you know what else is kind? Something that allows me to move my body and gives me so much joy and fulfillment. The, the Bill, Bill of, of the, the Week! That's right! It's time for the best minute of your entire week! Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Ladies, have I got a Bill of the Week for you. I recently left my job, which was very toxic, but did provide um, a free cell phone. And I just, you know... <laughs> Working there was not worth the free cell phone bill, so I just left that job and got a new one, and my bill of the week is that I had a cell phone bill again, and you know what? I signed up with Mint, and it is just $25 a month 
has to deal with those people. And it is a great bill, and I'm not happy to have a cell phone bill, but I'm happy to have a cell phone bill if it means me. Also, I doubled my income in the last year just simply because I left positions that were not good fit, and I was not afraid to make the switch and did not feel loyalty. So um, that might make me selfish or, I don't know, something, but... <laughs> It worked out, so that's my goal of the week. I am celebrating with you. This is so exciting. I think when people find the freedom and the flexibility to leave a work environment that is not good, not sustainable, not going to be helpful long term and recognize like the things that are keeping you there. And eventually it was just like a $20 a month reason to stay. Yeah. Staying for a paid cell phone bill. If it is ruining you mentally, physically, emotionally, it's not worth it. And Mm. I am so thrilled and celebrating with you. And it sounds like you found yourself in an even better environment, doubling your income, now paying for a bill, but finding a great provider. Thanks, Mint. $20 a month. That's fantastic. Improved work environment, improved mental health, and paying that cell phone bill, but loving every minute. Congratulations. Yeah, I think a lot of people overestimate some of the benefits offered by employers. And it's always a good idea to actually list out the benefits you're using, the cost per month that they are on their own, uh, and then using that as a template to go out, find a higher paying job, compare benefits to benefits to see what else you could get by not just improving your work life, but like you could get improved benefits and improved pay. But sometimes people will hold on to a job that they hate for, you know, a free laptop, which is, you know, $1,800. If you could get a $2,000 a year raise, you've gotten a new laptop. And then every year beyond that, the extra $2,000, like, or a, a car or a cell phone. So sometimes they are worth it, but you really have to write down the whole picture to get an idea of, you know, where to go and how to proceed. So I am, I'm glad you did it. I don't think it's selfish at all. Yeah. If you all listening have a similar story, if you've got a bill you don't mind paying or a bill that you're not paying anymore, you you know, sky's the limit. Submit your bill of the week at frugalfriendspodcast.com slash bill. We are ready for it. I don't love creating my spending plan each month and it took me a while to find a budgeting app that had simple features but didn't feel and look like a spreadsheet. If that's you too, Monarch's the way to go. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. I like how easy it is to customize my budget and create automatic transaction rules. The transaction widget helps me stay on top of my spending. After using Monarch for several months, I understand why it's the top rated personal finance app. 
And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash frugal. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal for an extended 30-day free trial. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. And now it's time for the lightning round. Uh, so I like I like this one. If you could only eat one thing for a year, what would it be? Are we assuming that like it's giving us all the nutrition that all we the nutrients need? or uh, so I like maybe this version better. If you could have an unlimited pl- supply of one food. What would it be? Don't say gum. You cannot consume gum. (laughs) Gum's not your answer. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I really believe that I could subsist off of bread and wine. Like bread, bread butter, bread and salted butter and wine. Uh, That would be if that if that provided like I didn't need anything else and it was like all that my body needed. Golly, I love bread. All right, Jesus. Um, (laughs) So for me, just taking communion every day. So spiritual. Wow, (laughs) you are you are really someone to be looked up to. Uh, Mine is not as biblical. Mine is the tiramisu from Publix. The and people who only people with Publix will know. And only a certain number of people with access to Publix will know. But if you know, you know, the tiramisu from Publix is tops. Like, it is sometimes better than actual tiramisu. It's not like authentic Italian. Like, if you're looking for authentic Italian tiramisu, it's not this. But it is so good. It's sometimes, like, better than that. Okay, but, like... Are you understanding the question? Like, could you An unlimited eat this supply all day, every day? If you only forever. could, if you could only eat that for a year, like I get it that yeah. it might be your favorite dessert, but like, no, could you it. eat it all day, every day? Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I went more too, practical. So you don't like, understand. Bread like, is like enough that, you know, there's, it's just bland no. enough, but just flavorful enough that like, I don't think I could ever get tired of it. But you don't think you could ever get tired of tiramisu? I won't say that, but I will say if I think of all the foods out there. Yeah. It would be the last one for me to get tired of. <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. Okay. I don't think I realized how deep this went for you. Yeah. It's good to know. It's, it's deep. And if you're ever at a Publix, go to the bakery, refrigerated section, just a little tiramisu with little chocolate corners. It's in and, the um, bakery section at Publix. Yeah. And yeah. in, in like, yeah. So. Yeah. 
That's like my plug. Case. Publis doesn't pay me to say that. <laughs> but if they want to, apparently they could. They could give Jen Send a year supply. Please. And then just like keep sending baguettes my way. Yes. All right. Thanks so much for listening. I, I really hope that this episode, if you are more acquainted with diet culture than you are with budget culture, that some of this synergy kind of opened your eyes to how the two mentalities and mindsets live together and hopefully will help you in both your eating uh, movement and spending to have a more radical middle like view and to be kinder to yourself. Uh, so many of you know we have a private community where we talk all about this stuff. We do money challenges, offer accountability groups. And so we want to congratulate one of our members for a big win. This one's from Corey. It's titled 8020 Principle. She says, deciding what is enough to help save on money, time, and energy. She never thought of it this way. And I had a scarcity mindset of need it now because you never know and need more because you never know. I can look at each section of my life and put a tag on what is enough so I don't overdo it for no good reason. For example, when I grew up, we always had extra of the necessities, mainly kitchen and bathroom things. Right now, we have plenty of toilet paper. And she posted a picture of all of her toilet paper. And, she, and then she says, I'd say that's more than enough. Simple things like this will make a bigger impact for my future. Mm. So, yeah. Definitely. I think I I saw an article title the other day. It's like 10 reasons you need to stockpile now. And I was like, I didn't want to click on it because I didn't want to get into that algorithm. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a mentality like decide what's enough. Yeah. And you will save not just money, but also time and energy. Stockpiling's the last thing we need. We saw what happens when we stockpile. But Corey, congratulations on recognizing this mindset and then moving to shift it. That is incredible growth. Yeah. Again, thanks for listening. If you want to check out our monthly challenge community, head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash club to see what challenge is coming up next. See you next time. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. Well, Jen, there's a variety of ways that we could go with this conversation. I feel like I was just talking to me the whole time. <laughs> some episodes you do for the people and some episodes you do for yourself. Yeah. Um, I feel like this one in the Kakibo mm. episode last week, I was just having a time yeah. when I scheduled these. What are you going to do as a result of engaging in this content? Well, I'm just going to try and love my body more. I'm going to love all the parts of it because I do move my body and I do eat, you know, relatively well. Yeah. And I always try to do these like fad things. Quick fixes is really what it is. And I'm just never motivated enough to stick with them. Yeah, And that is guilt inducing for me the same way as, you know, when you can't stick to a budget and you feel like, oh, I'm just like not good at budgeting. Like I can't stick to a diet. So I'm just like not good at this healthy thing. And then it, but I am healthy. Yeah. 
So it gives me this like false sense of Mm -hmm. who I am. It's like, I mean, it can be tough with any aspect of life to hold the tension of contentment and acceptance, but also desirous of growth and having goals. So mm-hmm. like I'm I'm happy with myself. I'm I'm pleased with where I've come to at this point in life, but I want to be stronger. And so like I want I want to you know, have after having seen what my body is capable of, I do have these growing goals of oh, I want to be able to do more push-ups or a pull-up or I'm curious how long I can sustain some of this cardio activity without feeling so weak. Ended. So, but that can be tough to then also maintain content. Like it's this tension that we're constantly mm-hmm. holding. And I think it's okay. I think tension can be a good thing, but making sure there's tension and not just so far off the deep end with either like lack of contentment or over content. And there are no goals. Like it's, it's this ever evolving yeah. morphing like, ah, okay, how do we do this? Well, yeah, I think we're always prioritizing something, you know, to to focus on. It's easier focusing and prioritizing is much easier than balance. And so I think right now I just need to focus and prioritize loving my body and and going from there and also learning how to identify my hunger and my mm-hmm. fullness triggers. Mm-hmm. I think that that's big. So that's where I'm going from here. Yay. I support you. And then I'm going to read you that I Like Me book. Please do. Okay. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks. Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.